Welcome to Imperfect Nutrition. I'm your host, Stephanie, holistic nutritionist and trainer. In this podcast, we tackle the all or nothing mindset by providing an imperfect approach to your health and wellness. We empower you to embrace imperfection so you can become your most highest version of self. So fuck perfection and join us on this episode. Welcome to Imperfect Nutrition. I am your host, Stephanie, and today we're going to be talking about stress eating. So I've had a couple of clients, a couple of people reach out to me telling me that they are just eating so much food when they're stressed out. They just, you know, kind of go towards food uh, and kind of feel like that uncontrollable, like just don't even care, basically go into fuck it mode. So I wouldn't really call this a binge. I would call this something a little bit different. I just call it fuck it mode. You just don't care anymore. Um, Obviously, like sometimes when you go on a binge, you kind of go into fuck it mode as well. But (laughs) what I'm trying to say is that it's it's a little bit different. I wouldn't particularly say that um, stress eating is going to actually be a binge definitely maybe it could turn into a full out binge um but you know binging is actually a part of some eating disorders like binge eating disorder or um bulimia things like in in that kind of way sorry trigger warning so i'm going to definitely put a trigger warning before uh, I, I repost this um so sorry if you do feel triggered by those words um but yeah you know, binge, when someone says that they have a binge, you know, a binge is actually more of a perceived thing, right? So what a binge is to me might not be a binge to you um, or vice versa. Sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, I like binged on so much candy or, or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, let me know, like how much did you actually eat? And they're just like, oh, well, I had a couple pieces of this, a couple of that. I just didn't really have like a proper meal. And so for them, it feels like a binge, but, you know, might not actually be in definition a binge when it comes to like you know eating disorders and stuff like that so now that that is out of the way let's talk about stress eating let's talk about why it happens and how we can kind of combat it um before it actually happens and maybe even during it actually happens okay so stress eating is going to happen due to you know lots of stress in your life. (laughs) Duh, Steph. Um, But, you know, like if you are having a lot of stress in your life and you're someone that kind of turns to food to help you cope, you know, this is kind of like a coping mechanism that you might do. Maybe you find a lot of comfort in food. Maybe you're like more of an emotional eater, which is in my opinion, very, you know, normal. And most of us do eat because of emotions, you know? Um, And I say this because like, think about times that you have gatherings with friends or family, um, you know, holidays, things like that. It's all surrounded by food. Food is love. Food is enjoyment, right? So yes, it is an emotional experience to eat. So it definitely makes sense that we would turn to something like food in order to, you know, feel a little bit better. Um, Sometimes, you know it's going to help with releasing dopamine and in that is kind of essential to life you know what I mean you have to enjoy food in order to you know keep eating it essentially for living and being able to have energy throughout the day right if we didn't have that urge to eat then there would definitely be 
there definitely wouldn't be like a human race, okay? So, you know, eating is a normal thing, right? So let's kind of normalize, you know, having hunger and feeling hungry and um, having it as like an emotional thing because it's supposed to be enjoyable so that we keep doing it so that we survive, okay? So, you know, what can we, how can we kind of manage stress eating? How can we make sure that we prevent it from happening? I think prevention is a lot better than, you know, using tools to kind of combat just like your hunger in general, because I don't think that's going to really work. I think we need to somehow have like prevention with this overwhelming stress. You know, stress is going to happen in your life. You're going to have stressors. We can't really get around that. But how are we going to manage our stress so that it doesn't turn into, uh, you know, you like knee deep in a peanut butter jar, you know, like how are we going to combat this? So let's think about a couple of things that could help with, you know, just managing our stress on a day-to-day basis. One of the things that I think is important is making sure that we actually schedule break times and we actually schedule um, relaxation days or relaxation times throughout the day. And um, I think a lot of us neglect this and we go really, really hard throughout the whole entire week. We're like, go, go, go. You know, maybe you have some kids running around the house. Maybe you work full time. Maybe your husband works full time as well um, or your significant other. There's a lot of things going on. Maybe you have two jobs, right? There's just a lot going on. So I think it's important that we actually schedule rest times and, and breaks throughout the day it would be like the same as you know a workout right you can't just like keep working out and just keep doing reps of bicep curls forever you need that break in order to recharge so that you'll be stronger and you can go to your next set and actually perform it properly and that's kind of like the same with you know your day-to-day life you need that rest you need to make sure that you recharge and you have to have like good boundaries when it comes to this as well speaking from experience because like I I struggle with time boundaries and, you know, actually taking that break for myself and actually just relaxing and being okay with just not doing anything, right? Uh, especially when you work from home or on your phone, it's so hard to just turn off, right? So something that I implemented recently, and this was from one of my mentors, so I'm going to share it with you, is just developing a morning routine. I've talked about morning routines a lot, but I was not doing it. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I was not doing it. My morning routine was non-existent when Caleb um, was born. Like once Caleb was born, my morning routine was out the freaking door. I used to have such a solid morning routine. I wouldn't miss a freaking day. Okay. Um, But once Caleb was born, you know, life changed and I wasn't getting the same amount of sleep. My mornings just didn't look the same. The mornings was just like, me just getting half sleep, kind of just running on adrenaline and caffeine. If you're a mom, you know exactly how this feels. <laughs> so one of the things that I've been doing to help with reducing my stress is creating this morning routine and getting back time, okay? And how do you get back time? You have to make time. So I have made it a thing to have a, an alarm clock go off at 5 a.m. each morning. I'm not saying you have to do 5 a.m. Pick a time that seems suitable for you. Um, but, you know, like just 
picking a time and being very strict with it and making sure that the first hour of your day or even the first 30 minutes of your day, you're not on your phone. You're not doing anything like that. You're just working on like yourself. Maybe you're going for a walk. Maybe you're stretching. Maybe you're just enjoying a cup of coffee or whatever it is. You know, it could look like many things, but you know, creating this morning routine is going to be so valuable to helping you manage your stress throughout the week because the only way you get time back is by making time. So you have to somehow make time, even when you're tired, even when you like, just don't want to wake up and you just want to hit snooze. Like I'm telling you this, this is life changing. If you can really just nail this down and be strict with yourself and be like, and pick a time that's suitable for you. Like you don't have to do 5 a.m. You can do a time that makes sense to you. Okay. Um, the next thing is going to be kind of goes with that morning routine, but getting good sleep. And I think this comes with, you know, having a, a bedtime for yourself and being kind of strict with this bedtime. Again, you know, it can be really hard with having kids. Like, again, I have a newborn and, you know, sometimes he's fussy and doesn't want to go to sleep right away. So, you know, me getting to bed before 10, 8, 10 p.m. is really not a thing. Like, usually I'm in bed by 11. And then now that I'm in bed by 11, I go and I look on my phone and I watch TikTok and I watch Reels and then I get just sucked into it, right? So, you know, creating a, a, a space and making sure that you take that time or just scheduling your time in a better way. So it's not, you don't feel like you have to, you know, like stay up all night, just getting that alone time that you're really, really craving, maybe just creating it in the morning time. So instead of, you know, staying up for an extra hour, you know, scrolling through Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, um, or, or, you know, just watching Netflix, just go to bed and then take back that time in the morning because the morning times you can be way more productive. You've had a good rest and, and a good sleep and you're not sacrificing that sleep as well. So getting sleep is really going to help with so many amazing things. It's going to help you recover. It's going to reduce your stress and it's also going to help you manage your hunger. So if you're already someone that struggles with stress eating, managing your hunger and managing your blood sugar is going to be essential. So making sure that you get, you know, um, seven or eight hours of sleep. Again, sometimes it's not always practical when you have kids or, you know, just, um, a very busy life. Okay. Um, so getting good sleep, um, trying to prioritize that, um, even if you can't get a full eight hours, but, you know, making sure the sleep that you do get is good. So having that good sleep hygiene, that good environment where it's dark, it's cool, um, and there's no like blue lights or anything like that to kind of, you know, disrupt your sleep. And then maybe you could even get like a noise machine or something. I actually got a noise machine for Caleb and I found that so valuable because it um, kind of just helped block out that other noise as, as well. And like it, as soon as I turned on the noise machine, I started falling asleep. It, it was great. So get a noise machine or you can like set something up on your phone. They have so many white noise things, okay? The next thing I'm going to say is 
to help with your stress, hydration is crucial because when you are stressed out, you actually, um, your body actually dehydrates and you actually have more urine output and you deplete a lot of electrolytes. So making sure that we're hydrating. And when I say hydrating, it just doesn't mean water. It also means replenishing your electrolytes. So maybe getting some Himalayan salt that has lots of nice of minerals, maybe um, replenishing with some magnesium. You can get electrolyte mixes or drinks. Um, um, you could do a sugar-free Gatorade if you don't want the extra sugar. Um, these are ways that you can hydrate yourself. And then obviously, you know, just getting in more water as well is going to be beneficial because you do dehydrate when you are stressed. And when you're dehydrated, when you're not drinking enough water, when you um, have low electrolytes, this can all make you have low energy, make you um, low blood sugar. Well, there's going to be low blood sugar as well. Um, especially when you're stressed out. Uh, I've, I think I've talked about this. I can go a little bit in detail because we're on a live. Anyways, when you are stressed out, what's going to happen is that your cortisol is going to spike. Cortisol is catabolic, meaning that it breaks down things. So it's going to break down glucose molecules and it's going to spike up your blood sugar. What happens when your blood sugar gets spiked? Insulin gets released to try to lower your blood sugar. So what happens when you're stressed is you actually... Most people actually don't feel hungry when they're having the actual stressor because of this cortisol spike and the sugar spike as well. Um, but once this kind of the, the immediate stressor is gone, um, your blood sugar is going to drop and then that's when you're going to feel this urge to eat when you are stressed out. So managing your blood sugar, making sure we get um, good electrolytes, just is going to help with your stress. Um, and then kind of just, you know, making sure that we're eating enough throughout the day as well. So, you know, getting some high protein meals with lots of veggies and fiber. And when I say fiber, like you don't just have to have greens, you can, you know, get fiber from sweet potato, oats. There's so many things, grains, um, beans, legumes, things in that nature that you can get lots of fiber from. And this is going to help you manage your blood sugar, which is also going to return going to help you with managing your stress as well. Because I don't know about you, but when I'm low blood sugar, and I'm hungry as shit, like, I, <laughs> I am irritable. So like, this is going to help with your mood and everything. Okay. So what's the next thing that we could kind of do to, to kind of help maybe with this, with this stress eating. So with stress, you know, there could be a lot of anxiety as well. So there could be a lot of anxiety. There could be some worries that you have. Um, and this is where I think, you know, kind of referring out and maybe talking to a therapist, talking about your thoughts and your worries and helping, you know, someone kind of listen and you get those feelings out and then them also so helping you rationalize some of these thoughts as well. And are these, is this a rational thought or is it not a rational thought? Um, another great tool, if you can't afford therapy is journaling, you know, just journaling, getting those thoughts out, getting those feelings out, getting all those worries out, even just like, if you don't want to write, you could even do like a video. I've done videos before or like a recording of myself where I have said, like, I have said like kind of my thoughts, the things that I'm feeling. And then I, automatically feel better um, and then also just talking to a, a friend that you can confide in as well that like knows you really well and can kind of like knock some sense into you especially if you're a worrier <laughs> um, and I know this because I am definitely a worrier and I've, I've definitely dealt with all of these things so 
let's kind of go over the things that we can do to manage our stress. One thing is to, you know, manage our time a little bit better, making sure that we get a morning routine in, maybe waking up an hour earlier to get back time because the only way you get time is by making time. And then, um, you know, scheduling breaks, making sure that you actually pick a day to just decompress. Like, and I say do this on a weekly basis. Try to find something that you can do to decompress every single week. If you haven't decompressed and had a day to yourself of doing shit all, and I don't mean working out, I don't mean going and doing cardio or stretching or whatever, I mean doing shit all, just like sleeping in, doing whatever you want and just having a you day. If you don't do this like at least once a week, like it's going to catch up. So schedule that time, especially if you're someone that tends to put more on your plate than than you should or you know, when you're feeling good, you just go and you put another thing on your plate, right? So if you're that type of person, really just be strict with yourself and be like, "No, this is a day of relaxation. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to relax and I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to do. This is a me day, okay?" Um, and then another thing is just like taking breaks throughout the day. And, and if you have to like setting timers for yourself, especially if you work from home, um, and even, you know, like if you are on a break, like really just sitting with yourself and gathering yourself for maybe even like two minutes. So you don't have to do anything like super long, but, you know, kind of just being in silence, maybe going for like a walk or something. If you, if you're, if you're at work, you know, getting outside, getting that fresh air, like that can be really helpful and kind of break up your day. Okay. Um, another thing that I didn't say is kind of making a to-do list, especially for those people that are warriors and anxiety. Um, just making a to-do list, maybe the night before I like to do the night before, because I find it harder to get to sleep because of worrying. I, I feel a little bit better in, in the morning if I give myself time. Um, but you know, doing to lists like the night before can be, can be very helpful too. Uh, and then the other thing I said was kind of managing your blood sugar. So this would look like, you know, eating high protein meals, making sure that we get enough fiber. And then, um, another thing to help manage our blood sugar, uh, not our blood sugar, uh, another thing to help manage kind of like our stress as well is just getting like an electrolyte drink or just hydrating in general, just because you're going to have that lower, uh, sorry, you're going to have, yeah, lower electrolytes because you deplete electrolytes when you're stressed and you're also going to have more urine outputs, urine output. So you're going to be a little bit more dehydrated too. So what to do when you're actually stressed out? I feel like I was just, oh, oh my God. I feel like I was just talking forever. I'd like need a glass of water. Am I stressed? Am I stressed? I might be stressed. Okay. What to do when you're actually in it and you're stressed eating? How do you stop? How do you like, you know, you didn't do any of these things. You're not managing your stress. You're stressed out. You're about to go and stress eat. You're going to eat like a box of chocolate or something like that or whatever it is. You're going to go and get the peanut butter jar, whatever it is, right? Um, you're, you're stressed out. What are we going to do in that moment to, to help us? Okay. The first thing I want to tell you is that even if you feel that impulse to just go and just eat to help you kind of cope and relax you, um, you actually can control that. You can. I know it sounds crazy and you're like, Steph, no, I can't. Like, I feel like I can't control myself. I just have to go and do it. It's like, you actually can control that. So first thing, if you do have the urge and you haven't started yet, you can actually ride out a craving. A craving usually only lasts about 20 minutes, okay? 
So if you can ride that out, you're golden. Okay, so ride it out. Just put on a timer, do something for 20 minutes. You can actually ride out a craving. So it's like riding that wave. Because what happens with a craving is that it starts off and then it peaks and then it's gonna nicely drop, okay? So if you can wait it out for 20 minutes, you're golden. So what's gonna happen when we're actually already doing it? Slow things down, okay? Be mindful, slow things down. Be like, am I actually enjoying this food right now? right? And the way that you can do this when it's actually happening is practicing it every single time you eat, being mindful when we eat, okay? So when you are eating, anytime you eat anything, really focus on chewing, focus on the smell, focus on the texture. Ask yourself, am I actually enjoying this right now? So when you're in a stress response and you're eating and you're stress eating, you can tell yourself, I'm going to slow down. Like once you notice it, you know, this is a skill, that you need to acquire. So once you notice it, like you can slow things down and maybe eventually you can stop, right? So you have to be able to practice that beforehand though. Um, it's not something that you can just do and only do when you're stress eating. Do it every single time you're eating so that when you are stress eating, you can kind of catch yourself. And the more you can catch yourself, the better you're gonna get at it. And eventually you're you're not gonna have this, this issue of going and grabbing food when you're stressed out. And let me kind of tell you why this happens. Why do we go for food when we're stressed. Why does this actually calm us down? So particularly carbohydrates in general, they're, they're actually going to make you feel more calm. So when you eat a shit ton of carbs, guys, what's gonna happen is that you're gonna have distension in your stomach and that distension in your stomach is actually gonna put you into um, a rest and digest nervous system. So instead of being in the stress response of fight or flight, you're actually gonna be in a rest and digest. So after you've you know eaten a bunch of food, particularly carbs, you're gonna have distension in your stomach, you're probably gonna feel really bloated and it's actually just gonna actually put you into a different nervous system. Um, and this is kind of, again, a way that we survive. So us being able to eat a bunch of food in one sitting is actually a way that we survive. So think about it. When food wasn't just all readily available, um, we had to hunt for food and stuff like that. We had to gather food. So when you did get a lot of food, if you were able to eat a lot, like that's going to help you get out of that stress response because you're not going to feel like you're starving, right? Um, but, you know, the way our bodies have evolved, we still have some of these like primal things. And it's good to know that this is what's happening. And literally all your body's trying to do is keep you alive. And it's just like, that is a normal response, you know, to stress. So it, it makes sense. Okay. So when the distension in the stomach happens, it's actually going to put you into this rest and digest nervous system called the parasympathetic nervous system. And it's actually going to release something called serotonin. Serotonin is um, a neurotransmitter of the brain and it gets released when we are satisfied. Okay. So once we are satisfied, so when we have that big full tummy, serotonin gets released and you actually have a lot of calmness for a brief second, right? For a brief second. And then the guilt and the shame comes, which is something that's actually going to promote more eating. So trying to, you know, get rid of a little bit of that shame and just realize, hey, my body's just trying to keep me alive. It's worried about me. It thinks that like this is going to help and realizing that that's all your body's going, that's all your body's trying to do and not being so hard on yourself and being a little bit more compassionate and then learning some of these strategies that I talked about today and trying to implement them. 
All right, guys, I'm going to end it there. I hope that you enjoyed this. I hope you got some value out of here. And if you did, please share it with someone and uh, we will talk tomorrow. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to Imperfect Nutrition. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, comment, and share with your friends. And if you wanted to do some online coaching with me, you can DM me on Instagram. That is at a step above the rest. Make sure you put an F with the step. Thanks, guys.